You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Score North Winter Online Auction. It's your chance to save up to 70% off on items. Like a gas furnace or water heater from Air Mechanical. Stealth trailer from Pleasureland RV. A five-night all-inclusive golf vacation to the Dominican Republic from Escape With Us Vacations. Or an ultimate yard maintenance package from Tri-State Bobcat. Bidding begins December 9th through the 15th. Go to scorenorth.com keyword auction to bid, win, and save. That's scorenorth.com keyword auction. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. Judd Declan here to talk about an incredibly disappointing loss by a wild team that led it 2 nothing at Calgary. Only 2.25 into the first period. Kaprizov and Shaw score goals, and it looks like the Wild's going to have their way. And uh, then they give up uh, three goals within the first 3.11 of the second period. So Calgary takes the lead. Wild ties it in the third. John Merrill with, with a fluky shot that gets deflected into the Flames net. Uh, but then 12 seconds after, the Flames score again at an empty net goal. And uh, Declan, I have only one question. Second period, what the hell happened? Like, I understand that you're going to go, you know, I mean, things can get tough sometimes, but mm-hmm. that was a disappearing act of epic proportions, I thought. I think uh, Jackson here on our YouTube channel sums up best. Uh, pathetic. That was the yeah. that was the key word I had coming into this episode. I was excited to tell you about. That was a pathetic performance of a game um you go up to nothing things are looking good it's a good flames team um with a lot of good players on it and you're gonna get hey maybe you're gonna send this winning streak and you know you and i kind of have been kicking around hey maybe this wild team's starting to figure it out a little bit and then you just go to sleep in the second i mean where 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 were they where they where did where did they go in, in the second period um and then the third i mean you you battle back you get John Merrill of all people to tie things up in a shift later, 20 seconds later, both Merrill and Goudreau just, oh, uh, we're not going to play defense in our own zone. We're going to leave uh, Flurry out to dry. Flames are going to take the lead back, and that's, I mean, the, the 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 tie means absolutely nothing for how they were able to respond right after that. So, yeah, I thought it was a pathetic performance. They couldn't stay out of the box either. They shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, An ugly loss. Ugly loss to the Flames. Well, in back-to-back games now, and I, I know that they did come back and win on Sunday against the Dallas Stars, but keep in mind, they were up 5-1 to one in that game. Dallas came back and tied it, and the Wild won in a shootout. And when you're blowing a 5-1 lead, I don't care if you're on the road, I don't care if you're at home, I don't care if you're playing on Mars, that's a disturbing thing. I mean, you basically allow goals, bang, 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 and the same exact thing um, with, with two of the three in the second period. Tonight, to the Flames came on the power play, uh, your your reference to the last Anderson goal that came 12 seconds after Merrill scored is another intriguing one because, yeah, I mean, the board battle that Goudreau lost there, that's everything Goudreau's not supposed to do. Right. That's a brutal board loss. And, yeah, I mean, Flurry was – I don't blame him. But, uh, I mean, this was – this is two consecutive games now. And I know you got two points on Sunday, but it's two consecutive games where it's disturbing what – you've seen 
And no one's saying that you have to play the perfect minutes of hockey. We, you, we, you do have to play competent, though. And that would, that second period was not competent. You're on the road. You have a two-rip lead. You know how Calgary plays. Um, the, the fact that the Flames were leading to start the game was your good fortune. But then you have to take advantage. Daryl said our team is not going to play an entire game like the Flames did for the first 225. Right. So for you to come back then and and just basically get it handed to you, yeah, I the looks of that one tonight aesthetically was not good. That's not good. And Goudreau, I mean, again, what are you, dude? Your whole job is to not get beat mm-hmm. in a board battle. You you ain't talented enough to be on the ice and to be Dean's guy to be, basically be Dean's son if you're going to lose late in the game after you just tied the score a battle like that. Yeah, very very uncharacteristic play from him. I, I will say that it wasn't just um, classic Frederick Goudreau. No, that, that that's how Frederick Goudreau keeps his roster spot is situations like that. That's why Dean Everston has trusted him so much after we even questioned why he even made the opening night roster two seasons ago, right? So, yeah, just a just an ugly game. And look, sometimes you just don't have it. I I get that. Sometimes you're not going to go away when you're going to lose some game. But I think with just the way they performed over the last 40 minutes of that game, after a really promising two-goal start in the first couple minutes, classic um, classic cal- cal- move by, by Daryl Sutter to not play Jacob Markstrom after it seemed like he was going to play, and then all of a sudden it's not going to be Markstrom. I know has been scuffed a lot this season. Yeah, he, um, he's not been good. No, he hasn't. And so, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that happened either. The Wild look like they're going to capitalize. They score two goals early. Kirill keeps his point streak rolling. Uh, Dumba shatters that stick, but Kirill, you know, gets the credit because the stick uh, basically exploded on him. Um, just all all the good stuff you had going into the game and all the good mojo you had coming into the game. A lot of players from Calgary and the Alberta area on the wild that are on that are from that area. And just the way they laid an egg, essentially, um, over 40 minutes was pretty discouraging. You know, I Marc-Andre Fleury, I know you see probably four goals, and I think this is the third James allowed three or four goals since he's come back from the concussion. So the statistics, again, don't look great for him. But again, I, I don't I don't look at this loss on, on Marc-Andre. I, I, I don't put much of a loss on it. I, I look at it that you couldn't stay out of the box, and then kind of you had to get goals from John Merrill, of all people, at the, at the last possible second. You know, we, we've been fooled. talking about talking about getting the top six forward here and look, the wilder sniffing around, which is great. Um, but yeah, just a, just a really ugly loss to, to the flames. Yeah. And I mean, the flames are the exact type of team that you're going to have to play a hard game against. You can't take time off because they want to ba- basically button things down. And they did, they did a marvelous job and the wild just basically went a- along with it. What with, um, and walls brought this up on the Valley's, telecast they did a great job of keeping the wild to the outside mm-hmm. you got to get to the net you've got you have to get to the net and the wild did a better job at times tonight actually at least not being as cute as they can be at times so they did get some shots on goal uh but i mean just allowing yourself to play along the boards is not not okay like this is calgary wants that that's their game they their strategies do that too so you essentially have to fight through that. I got a question on Dumba too. So mm-hmm. where's that shot been all yeah, season long? I that, that shot that blew up Kaprizov's stick was the shot that you and I have talked about for how long? And I mean, my theory of late has been, it, 
Is it the injury? Is it something? Because, you know, one, we haven't seen that shot. Two, that shot is often now, like, wide or high. I mean, that shot was the exact example. Slightly off the ice. It's a bleeping howitzer. Blows up the guy's stick. Um, That's what I want from him. Like, if Matt Dumba's going to play, dude, that's the shot. Get it on goal. Um, Keep it low so it can be tipped. So it's frustrating. I feel it's weird because I know that he is, you know, well-respected. Um, he is a likable guy. Heck, we, we talked to him, what, two years back during yep. the pandemic. He's a mm-hmm. likable guy. All of that being said, um, I feel like he at times cherry-picks his effort. Yeah, it was, it was unfortunate because I thought tonight was one of his better games, and maybe he's a little bit more motivated because... I hate that. Be, be, because he's been playing home. so atrociously, which is a classic Judd Zolgad thing that he never, ever, ever really wants to see. And he's um, And even, you know, as, as, as I shouldn't... I think his name is Michael Scott. Yes, not the Michael Scott from from The Office, but he says, how about that Dumba goal? Looks like he's got his shot back. Yeah, that that looks exactly like the type of guy we, we saw a few years ago that had a howitzer of a shot. I think Judd, if the hey, more value he can build here, yeah. the better for the team, the better for himself, the better for Bill Guerin at the trade deadline. Um, if, if he's starting to show that, hey, these the first 15, 20 games of the season, it was just more of a fluke and he was just trying to find himself, okay. Uh, but I, I still think that we're probably watching the end of Matt Dumba's reign here. And um, Guerin has never really shown, as, as much as he has loves Dumba in the room and loves chemistry in the room, i.e. why he trades for Ryan Reeves a few weeks ago, um, he's also not afraid to pull a trade if it makes his team better. So at, at first, you know, I kind of bucked at the idea of trading him since Garrett's been here because he likes him so much. But if they get close to the deadline and they can get something back, whether that's capital or whether that's something that helps the team right now, he'll do it. Like he, he 100% will do it if it's the right trade. He won't sell him for pennies on the dollar. Like I know a lot of fans say, just, hey, just sell him for a bag of pucks. No, don't, don't do that by any means. But if he can get the right value, He'll move him. He 100% will move him by the trade deadline. Yeah, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. I, I think the there was definitely a time where where Dean and Bill both, like I, I think, bristled at that thought. Uh, but I do think, to your point, they are hoping and praying that, that he can give them more efforts like he did tonight because I think that they will trade him. And I, he's not going uh, to come back. Like his contract, when you're a salary cap pinch team, like this club is, there's no way he is going to come back. So, yes, I do agree. Um, I want to get to Matt Boldy. Yeah. Uh, four shots tonight. Mm-hmm. He was very noticeable. Yep. Four shots missed. And he had the the one-timer, I forget if it was on a power play or not, in the third period, that it hit the heel of his stick. And he got a shot off, and and Walls talked about that as well. Um. You know, Boldy, I feel like, consistently gives effort. And I like him a lot. Walls referred to him as being a future superstar. I don't see him as a superstar. I see him as a star. I see. I, I mean, when when I think superstar, I think Kaprizov. He's yep. a superstar. I, there's, that's, an elite, that's an elite list, right? Like, that's a small list. I don't see Boldy graduating into that class. Uh, I definitely do see, see him being a star. But. I really think, and I think we touched on this briefly a couple shows ago or last show. I it frustrates me to watch him play with the guys that he is currently playing, and I think you, 
I think you dubbed him this season's version of Fiala. And that really is close to it. I just don't see, like, he tries hard and he plays well for the most part. The issue is, I think that there's so much there if he's playing with a guy with skill. Mm-hmm. And Goudreau, God bless him, he doesn't. That's not skill. That's why That's why the board battle bothered me so much because that's work and that's what Goudreau should bring. But every game that Boldy is on the line that he is currently on, I think is a missed opportunity to maximize his play. Yeah, Chase here on our YouTube channel puts it really well. It says, Boldy needs a better line. It's not fair to him. And I, I agree, it is not fair to him. Uh, I think there was some belief, and look, he, he was a first-round pick, got off to a great start last year, had great chemistry with Kevin Fiala, and, yeah. and some people wondered is how will both of these individual players play in their new homes and when their new roles now that they're separated. And Fiala, look, he is thriving in L.A. Um, Boldy got off to a great start but has been a little bit quiet in November and now looks like he's turning a corner back. But he's still going to be a little bit of a streaky player because he doesn't have any help. Um, and I don't really – I don't blame him for – taking nights off or not showing up on the score sheet necessarily because he doesn't have one to play with. Um, he's not this off level talented player. That's not a, we're not, you know, slap him with a backhanded compliment there. We're just simply saying he's not real Kaprizov is a superstar. We've, we've, we've seen that. We've seen a lot of good players play for the wild, a lot of good players. And in fact, I would even put Boldy above the grand lens playing at his highest level, right? Like I still think there's a ceiling of Matt Boldy's game that is, greater than Mikhail Granlin's ceiling when he was here, right? I still think that there is an area that's above that. But he's a very, very good player, but deserves more help. Um, I don't know if you can get Brock Besser out of Vancouver. I don't know if you can find an Anthony Duclair because Florida has to basically cut him due to salary cap reasons. You can find something. You can go shopping. Go for it. I'm all for Bill Guerin figuring out some type of way to make this team better without completely sacrificing and selling the farm. But Boldy deserves better. And, and again, it's probably Marco Rossi, you know, internally, that's probably a belief and a hope, but I mean, how, how much longer? And, and also do you want to just remove Marco Rossi from a situation right now where he's kind of getting comfortable and thriving in Iowa, where I want him to see him thrive, but how long do you let Rossi build up that confidence for you come before you bring him back up here? And how much patience do you have with him where you don't do a situation where you basically kind of screw him over? Like did the first dozen games of the season this year as chase said every day that boldy's with the current uh people that, that he's playing with on his line is a disservice to boldy um i guess my question on rossi is because it's a very simple one when is he going to uh, be deemed to have paid his penance because that's what this is mm-hmm. that's what this is but my god the wild does not have a center who is more talented than rossi right now um Grand or Grandland. Eric Zanek is a hard worker and I like him a lot and he fits in well where he is. Uh, but don't forget, he got his chance with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, I believe it was early last season and it didn't work. And he went back to where he thrives, which is awesome. Other than that, these guys are all stopgap guys. I'm sorry, Sam Steele's a stopgap guy. Yeah, Sam Steele yeah. will play really well at times because he's with two really good players. Um, but does he play great on a nightly basis? No, absolutely not. He he plays hard. He I'm sure he tries hard. It's, you know, that's great. Goudreau, again, for the most part, plays very hard. He is a usually reliable player. Is he skilled? Absolutely not. Does he score some cool goals? Yes, he does. I'm not saying he has no talent. I'm saying 
that he's not the type of guy that I want with Foldy, who, who, to be very clear, I think we all feel can be a star. Um, Marco Rossi, I understand he has some issues. I understand that they weren't pleased with what they got necessarily consistently, but I still think when you're putting Marco Rossi with a bunch, for the most part of slappies and saying fit in here, he's like, it's not going to work. Um, the thing that we saw, and, and you would have thought that Dean would have learned from this last year, and it doesn't appear he did. The thing that we saw is, and I know Fiala drove him crazy too, okay? But what did we see last year? Fiala would be punished. Ice time at times would be, um, he, he'd play, but he wouldn't play as much. Ice time would be used as a hammer. Um, they would put him with guys they deemed to be responsible. You know, blah, blah, blah. And finally, Boldy came up, and they're like, okay, let's try this. And think about how those two sharpened each other, right? So, and and the thing with Rossi is you can't bring him up here, put him with Boldy for one game, and declare, well, we didn't like what we saw, so we're going to put you in the press box, send you back down, right? Or demote you to the fourth line. Um, It needs to be an ongoing process of saying, we're going to give this time. We're going to give this five solid games. No matter what happens, we're going to give this five games. Um, and so I think there's a disconnect here because I certainly understand if you don't think that you are getting the requisite effort, right? But then I guess my comeback to Deed is, so what Goudreau did tonight, what do you call that? Like, because he's not going to be punished for that. No. He's going to be trusted and it's going to be chalked up as a mistake. Um, but if you're going to be willing to allow the guys who play like now, like you played when, when you played for the Caps and Whale, if you're going to embrace them, then I think you need to embrace the, the uh, potential stars as well. And I am disappointed that Dean didn't learn more from Fiala and Bully. I thought that was a great lesson about what happens when you show patience. Uh, and, and Dex, you know, it was funny, but Fiala drove them a lot less crazy when they put him with a really good player and Fiala fed off that player. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't a coincidence that both their games took off after that. And you you kind of took more of the lumps with Kevin, even when Bill Guerin was basically still saying, well, he's only as good as his last game that he played for us. And I know he didn't have a great postseason with, uh, with the wild against St. Louis. And that was another driving force to why they said goodbye. But yeah, this team lacks offense and and you have to figure out a way to make it better without putting them with those classic where that we love to throw around, which is slappies and, and expect even a guy like Mark, uh, Matt Boldy, who was very talented. He's not going to make Frederick Goudreau turn into a 50 point guy overnight. It just, it won't happen. Um, I will I will tell you that I don't know if you can find a top line center here, but I do know if they have top line level of liquor. And that's my friends at Lake Ridge Liquors. OK, you, you, you want to stock up on the holidays here. Go to Lake Ridge Liquors in Madness Heights. It's off 694 in Rice Street. In fact, I'm stopping in there on Thursday night tomorrow to go stop up, stock up for the weekend. And the best part, Jeb, they got a rewards program because guys like you and I. We like, we, we like to have a couple, right? And when, when you go to the liquor store there, they will comp you $5, $5 in rewards. And they have nice. a nice rewards program, too, that, that they'll build up nice. some points. So when you go there, mention Score North to join their rewards program. Yes, they'll comp you 5 bucks on your next visit. Shout out to Lake Ridge Liquors. They're off 694 and Rice Street. And Judley, I know um, after work today, you, you headed over to your favorite watering hole, which is the new sponsor, too, of Judd's Hockey Show. That is absolutely, absolutely correct. It is Sports Dad now has a mm-hmm. sports bar. And now you're saying, what bar? Well, you probably know it is Park Tavern in my hometown now of St. Louis Park off Louisiana Avenue South. In fact, I was there. I was there from about 4 o'clock to 5.30 or so. Wow. 
a listener a listener showed up for his 27th birthday and bought okay. sports dad a drink i was very oh, wow. very impressed but you know what the key is park tavern you never know when you walk in there what sports dad's gonna be at the end of the bar spinning yarns talking <laughs> sports and getting frustrated by the by the last dumb thing the wild did uh check it out also a great place for a party if you've got a big group get together, a fantasy league draft or something, Park Tavern's fantastic for that. 952-929-6810 or visit parktavern.net, parktavern.net, Park Tavern, the official sports bar of Sports Dad. Judd, uh, let's actually look at this comment here like from Deber on our YouTube channel. And by the way, hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment right here. This is Judd's Hockey Show specifically. That's Judd Zolgat. I'm Declan Goff. Of course, we're the home of Mackie and Judd on Purple Daily. You have Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. So hit the subscribe for Daily Minnesota Sports. But he says, I'm just waiting for Rossi, who we just talked about extensively, and Hartman to come back. Okay, well, let's, let's, uh, let me just throw it to you this way, Judd. If uh-huh. Marco Rossi comes back and plays better and plays up to par to where he should be and is given the chance to play a significant role in that fourth line minutes, not being scratched every other game, a chance to succeed and given a leash to succeed, right? Yep. And let's say Hartman now comes back fully healthy from injury. I don't know where he necessarily fits in. I'm not throwing him back on the top line necessarily and letting him say it's yours. But let's say you get a healthy Ryan Hartman back. How much better and how much more belief do you have in this wild team with those two guys, given, given that they have opportunities and a leash to be successful? Depending on play, um, it would definitely help. Now, Hartman's a weird one because I think there's a belief within the team that the long-term loss of Hartman, who got hurt now, what, a month and a half ago in Chicago, um, and I think he started to skate again. He's not pregnant full. Uh, The loss of Hartman, the belief among the Wild, is really altered things because he was a key player, 30-plus goals last season. It seems to be forgotten that he had been demoted to the third line. Uh, so before he he got off to a terrible start, he got demoted to wing, and he was playing on wing, if I'm not mistaken, in Chicago when he got hurt, okay? Uh, I feel like Hartman's being talked about like the guy that we saw last year, and I feel like his return is being talked about like it's that guy. We don't know that. He got off to a really bad start, and and don't i won't be among those who, who are shocked if if the reality of hartman is he remains a very solid player and he might be a winger but there's a good chance that that he had to turn his cinderella slipper in uh from last year because that wasn't necessarily him i mean for what he was making okay for him to play as well as he did 30 plus goals is absolutely incredible should you expect that again? No. Do I think the return of Hartman deepens the depth? Absolutely. Do I think that he is a important guy in the room? Yes, I do. Do I think it fixes things overall? Not really. And and if he indeed is, let's just say that he's now, again, a third-line wing, right? That's a nice player. That's fine. But that's certainly not the first-line center that he looked at uh, so often like through the course of last season. I think, unfortunately, because this puts a ton of pressure on him, I think a lot of this hinges on the decision with, and once Rossi gets back, how he plays. Yeah. Uh, if he plays well with Boldy, Eureka. Now you've got two lines with some good, not complete uh, guys, but you've got two lines with some very, very good talent. You've got Kaprizov, Zuccarello on that first line, and you have to, I guess, just hope that Steele 
doesn't get in the way there, right? And you've got Bold with the center. So as much as we like to talk about Hartman, and I do think that he adds depth, and I do think that he brings something to this team, I'm not convinced that what we saw a year ago is going to be reality of what we see this time. I do think that if they can get Marco Rossi to start clicking, that that is a huge, huge step for this team. Yeah, I, I'm more banking that Marco Rossi comes in and fits in and finds his footing and is given an opportunity to succeed. Just looking at Hartman's year last year, and it's obvious to me that regression was was completely uh, a legitimate thing that was going to happen to him this year. Um, he had never scored, you know, more than 30 points in a season. He explodes for 65. You know, sometimes when you even look at shooting percentage, which is a good indication of are you being lucky or is this not sustainable? Sure. You know, his shooting percentage was 14%, which is certainly above league average. Now, he did shoot the puck a lot last year, like twice as much as his career rate, which indicates sometimes that your shooting percentage can be a lot. And, and sometimes shooting percentage can be higher than league average if you're a naturally gifted goal scorer. Look at Alexander Ovech and um, any any Kirill Kaprizov, any legitimate player, Austin Matthews. They're going to have higher shooting percentages than the rest of the leagues. They're really, really good at scoring goals. Sure. If Ryan Hartman has a balloon shooting percentage and a balloon shot rate in one year and doesn't go back to doing that, you can definitely say it was regression. It was luck, and he's playing with two really good wingers in Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. Do I think he is um, as bad or maybe um, the fourth liner he basically was towards the end of his Chicago run and at, and at the beginning of his Minnesota run? I don't think he's you know just deemed to be that guy, but he probably belongs somewhere in the middle. And to your point, yeah, he makes your depth better. He 100% makes your depth better. I'd rather mm-hmm. see him play 16 minutes a night than having to force Sam Steele or Frederick Goudreau play 17 or 18 minutes a night. But he's probably not going to ever be a guy who comes close to hitting 65 points again. And good thing for the Wild to lock him up before that season happened because he's still under contract for a very reasonable rate. Like if, yes, if, they signed, if they signed Ryan Hartman after what he did last year, and I'm sure there was probably some buyer's remorse on his own end being like, oh, crap, I probably should have waited, and I definitely would have gotten paid. I don't feel as bad that a guy is making $1.3 million for the next few seasons, and if he wants to play somewhere in the middle six, go for it. But you knew he was going to regress. I think he'll come back and make you better, but not so much that I'm like, oh, thank God, Ryan Hartman's here, and the Wild are about to take off. That won't be the case. Yes. And, and Stoopy Scape there. His comment is right. Hartman is good. He's good. good That's what he is. And look, like it or not, the Wilds' contention, and we've talked about this uh, since last season, Dex, their contention is that with Zuccarello and Caprice up, we just want to screw things up. Mm -hmm. So they're not intent on trying to find a star there. Would they like to? Obviously. But they are not going to. I, I think that there is a better chance that the next time we see Rossi play here, it's going to be Boldy. I don't think he's going to get, I think if Sam Steele does not screw up royally, he's going to stay there. Uh, will Hartman replace him? I have no clue. But again, Stoopy, I warn you, Ryan Hartman had been demoted before he got hurt, Stoopy. He had been demoted. He wasn't demoted because he was playing well. I mean, for Dean Everson to demote Hartman is, that's basically demoting Dean himself. I mean, he played mm-hmm. the you know, he played the Goudreau Hartman style game. So Dean didn't want to do that. Dean had felt he had to. Um, so yes, Hartman is good. Hartman is a contributor. 
but you you hit the nail on the head, which is Ryan Hartman returning does not change everything. No, does not change everything. Uh, the it's funny because, and I don't blame him because the old days were so bad. But you know, the wild is the wild is so big on character guys that at times I think they don't necessarily actually think about the talent. And so, like, they think Hartman's a huge loss, partially because he's a character guy. Um, having seen Koivu and Parisi and Suter, uh, I'm inclined to agree. Character is extremely important. Without it, you're in huge trouble. But that being said, character doesn't necessarily mean a great player. No, it doesn't. That, that's where we got uh, trapped at the projection season, where, oh, look how deep the wild are. Yes, the depth is here. They got really good players, and they're all healthy. They're very, very deep. Oh, you nailed this one. You're, they are not. Your Felino thing, your Felino thing. And, and guess what? He is He's a good player. He's Again, a good player. he's good. I love Marcus. Yeah. But, like, when you kept saying these goals ain't going to keep coming, you nailed that. Yeah. You're exactly right. Uh, it was it was basically um, a brief shot of, oh, my God, he's scoring a ton. But that's not his career, and he's never – he's not going to go back to being that guy. No. And, but by the way, by the way, the, the Wild, as they sit right now, still have a 75% chance to make the playoffs. In fact, I would be not shocked, but they'd have to play their way really out of this over the next few few like months to be a not a playoff team, but they don't scare me. They don't scare me as a playoff team. And like they, No, uh, and it, Dex, it's so, but it's so tight. The West is so uh-huh. tight. Like oh, yeah. That's why, again, that's why you can't afford, I mean, when you get up to rip tonight, that's why you can't afford to yeah. blow these. You can't lose these points that you, you know, basically had a real great shot at because you're just going to lose some games tonight. I would call a bad loss. Yep. It was a horrible loss. It was an embarrassing bad loss. Um, that's going to probably do it for us. I'm guessing, right? Got you um, anything else here? Uh, hold on a second. We got two games this uh, weekend. Got, uh, a couple got, of light games. Uh, yep. Nope. I'm, I'm good. Okay. I blew got through all, notes all my notes. Good to know. Blew through all my notes. Yes. We've got a game. They play at Edmonton on Friday, is that right? Mm-hmm. And then they play again on Saturday. Seattle, is that correct? I believe that. Uh, the Kraken? They played, have they played? This is like the third time they've played in Seattle, if it is. They've already played there twice this Hold season. Hold on, I got the schedule right here. I'll um, Edmonton, Vancouver. Vancouver. Oh, yeah, okay. Vancouver. they played the Flying Boudreaux. So a little, a little bit of a West Coast trip here before coming home for a good home stand starting the next Oilers Monday. again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oilers, Red Wings. Yeah, a lot of good games. What's wrong with this league, though? Like yeah. they just the Oilers were just here on December first, and now they're going to go. Don't get play, me started on this. Schedule. And then they're going to play them on Monday at, at home again. I, I've been bitching to you all season about oh, how can, terrible. This can I give you one is. more thing that drives yeah. me crazy? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an analytics-driven idea, and it's driving me nuts. And it actually was um, the offenders tonight were not the Wild; it was Calgary. Okay, I actually appreciate pulling the goaltender early. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But here's where we've gone off the tracks. Okay. This whole thing of goaltender pulled, and I'm going to shoot at the open net from my own end and audit, and give him icing, and then just keep giving you face-off after face-off after face-off. Somebody stop this madness. Either, either don't shoot for the goal, especially with a ton of time left, okay? Lift the puck out of the zone so it's I've- not icing. Or just get the center. Mangiapane, I think it was. Yeah, I saw that today. Yeah. He yes. took a shot at the net. He was like two strides from center. I've told you one of my biggest rule changes in sports doing? is to eliminate icing on a pulled goalie. Just sh- I-, I don't care if you're shooting towards the net. I don't. But pull- but then don't have icing. If you're if we're gonna forfeit this, 
if you're, if you're going to put an extra so guy on the ice and have an empty net. Okay, so you're saying the Wild would have – so the Flames could have done that. And, yeah, could and have done that and change and no icing. Yeah, like okay. if, if you want if you want to shoot at that bloody net from 200 feet away, go for it. I don't personally care, but I don't think the other team should be punished for that with the net empty. But who – but how do we not come to a common sense conclusion? Because here's the problem too. Everybody and their brother shoots for the net. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you right now there's a lot of players that shouldn't be shooting – for the net from that end of the ice because they yeah, couldn't hit it. They couldn't hit the net from in front of it. But I know what you mean. Like, like you, yes, there, there's probably a better strategy to go go about that. I mean, I, I understand the strategy as well. If you score the goal, the game's done. Okay, but it's it's embarrassing watching these buffoons try yeah. to cl- try to hit the net. And and again, it's like defensemen that have no business trying to shoot. That far. If it's Gretzky, that's one thing. But anyway, okay, I'm done. Sorry. I just, I it was driving me nuts. I was trying to, uh, to talk to Dawn oh, about it. Oh, and I was she, told to be quiet. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Kel- she said, stop yeah. talking. That's Kelsey decorated the tree. She's right? like, you're going to do, stop talking. If you're going to do vent line, if you're going to do Judd's hockey show, there should be a Christmas tree at least in the background. So, so thank you for Well, we got a Christmas that. tree off to the side. Of we our... have three in our house, by the way. There's We've got two. Excuse me, not house. Apartment, eight hundred fifty square foot apartment. Well, there is tree, three. There is a cute tree. It's a good. Tree. I'm Team Kelsey on this one. Go, go get. But the- I was told. I was told. I said, "Do you realize that this is like JHS early? That you're getting a preview?" Yeah. Told, no. Stop talking. That. Nope. She went in the bedroom. And then the dog left too. And then the dog. Yeah, that's classic Stella. Uh, hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Sometimes marital advice uh, on Judd's hockey show. We'll be back probably later this weekend uh, to break down a couple more WoW games. Go subscribe to Purple Daily 2 for Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. Scoops with Doogie on Thursday. Uh, Plenty of great reckless speculation. We'll be back then. Spring training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world-class resorts, unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering professional-grade industrial supplies plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.